Welcome to Honey Roast, a wholesome hope punk podcast where every other week guest stars roast a creator that they love and are inspired by. Together, we're bringing a little more love and hope in the world and introducing listeners to new creators through sweetness and delight. Major thank you to our Indiegogo producers who helped make this show a reality. Robert Anderson, Robert Vandemotter, Alex Hensley, Kyle Decker, Richard Kreutz-Landry, Ryan Bolter, Tozaman, and Bradley Dusler. I think because he loves to tell stories and he loves to have people fall in love with stories again. This is Honey Roast. I could tell right away that the tone was something that I was just going to absolutely fall in love with. That was really important to me, to be welcomed so much. But I just felt really, really safe listening to that show. I'm Tess, and I'm your host. So, Emma, tell me who you are going to be roasting tonight. I'm going to be roasting probably my first ever person that I really, truly loves in audio drama, who is uh, Gabrielle Urbina. Gabrielle Urbina makes Wolf 359. He also does other productions under the kind of evil genius. <laughs> I think it's kind of evil genius productions um, with Sarah Shackett and Zach Valenti. And I discovered him my freshman year of college, which was about three years ago, I think. I started taking a sound class because I studied film and my professor talked to us a lot about podcasts and one day I just went on my podcast app and I, I listened to Serial I think first and then I was scrolling through the top podcasts and I was like, wait a second, what, what is audio drama? Like that people just like tell stories over radio and I can or over podcasts and I can just listen to them uh and the first one that I found was Wolf 359 and I have like a really vivid memory of walking into my freshman dining hall just like laughing to myself with my headphones <laughs> um probably looking <laughs> like someone who is just not in the real world um I think I was listening to the episode where Maybe the very first one where Doug steals, Doug Eiffel steals a tube of toothpaste, the last tube of toothpaste, and um, just laughing to myself in the dining hall. (laughs) Was there any point while listening to Wolf 359 in like the first season or the entire series or within the first episode that you were like, oh, oh, this person's work I'm going to pay attention to? I think it was probably the first episode. I mean, that's the one I have memories of listening to. And especially with the music, which is made by Alan Rohde, their composer. But I could tell right away that the tone was something that I was just going to absolutely fall in love with. It's comedic. I mean, the tone shifts throughout the season as many like first seasons that tends to happen but right away I just knew the characters are so well formed which is something that Gabrielle Arena does so well all of them are super unique and their dynamic is incredibly compelling and you get all of that in the first episode even though maybe things get more dramatic later on and things get more developed but you get it from the music and from the sound design and the way he writes the characters I just yeah <laughs> I know it was like the perfect combination for me and that it was incredibly well done Wolf 359 is a radio drama in the tradition of golden age of radio shows. Set on board the USS Hephaestus space station, the dysfunctional crew deals with daily life-or-death emergencies while searching for signs of alien life and discovering that there might be more to their mission than they thought. 
take one part space adventure, add one part character drama, and mix in one part absurdist sitcom, and you get Wolf 359. I ask Emma if there's anything specific that stands out to her from her memory of listening to this incredible show for the first time. I mean, like I said, I was in my... I have a lot of, like, specific memories of being a freshman and listening to it. I didn't have that many, like, friends early on, obviously, because it was, you know, my first year of college. I was... I would listen to it in the dining hall, in my bedroom, in my dorm room, just, like, walking around New York City where I go to school. Um, One really specific memory I have is um, I struggled with a lot of, like, mental health issues in... Alright, and I still do with anxiety and depression, and I remember um, there was one night where I really couldn't sleep, and I was just worried about everything, and I, it's <laughs> really cliche, but I just put my headphones in, and I just, like, let myself sort of, like, melt into, like, this image of space that he had created, and floating, and listening to Eiffel's voice, and I was like, oh, yeah, I feel, I feel a lot safer here, um, and... I mean, that's what, like, escapism art is supposed to do for you, and it it really was super effective for me. So I was just laying in bed, unable to sleep. It was reaching about, like, 5 a.m., and I felt like the night was never going to end, but I just felt really, really safe listening to that show. Wolf 359, ironically enough, was also my first audio drama. A good friend of mine had recommended it to me when I was a brand new mom, struggling, lacking sleep, and needing something to distract me. She promised me that I would love it, with the stipulation that while it would make me laugh and laugh and laugh, it would also make me sob. And it did. But it also gave me that same safe escape that Emma is describing. You know, you said you were in your uh, freshman year of college. Was that as Wolf 359 was coming out? Um, I think there was a little bit of backlog, but I think by later on in my in my first year I was listening to it as it was coming out so that was a really neat experience because um Gabriel is really uh he interacts a lot with his audience I remember episodes would come out and I would listen to them and then they came out every two weeks so the middle week he would do a live tweet of the whole episode and um so I would always listen to it again the second week (laughs) and listen to all the things that he had to say about the writing because he's very insightful and um knows exactly what he's trying to do with the writing and can always articulate that so I really admire that Emma is the writer for the show The Van where kids gifted with strange powers have grown up under the thumb of the vicious and intelligent driver of the van Nova Scotia 17-year-old Cola's life in the van is shaken up when her older sister, Rosaline, has disappeared, and she realizes that Nova will stop at nothing to find her. What will happen when she does? And what will happen to Cola as she nears adulthood, the age when kids in the van seem to slip away? Gabrielle and his work has clearly been significant to Emma, so I ask her how she feels Gabrielle's work influences her own work, or if there is anything specific that she admires, takes inspiration from, or tries to emulate. I mean, I think he does characters so well, and, you know, our shows are very different, but they are similar in that they are about a group of characters that have kind of been thrown together, and you don't know too much about their past when you first meet them. There might be sinister forces conspiring to keep them where they are. Uh, So it was really important to me to create characters that were well-defined and who had a really interesting dynamic and had relationships to each character. And so that was something that I, I tried to 
mimic with his writing because I think character character dynamic between the different people in the story is really important to me and that's something Gabrielle does well. Why is Gabrielle's work so important to you personally as a writer, as a listener? Yeah, well, early on when I started listening to the show, I remembered that my professors I I go to I went to Tish before I switched majors and so at Tish they're like oh you're super important if you email any or get in touch with any creator and you tell them you're a Tish student they'll just they'll let you talk to them which is actually it's mostly true I found (laughs) the privilege of going to a very expensive art school uh so early on I was like um what if I just emailed Gabrielle and was like, maybe do you want to answer a couple of questions about radio? Because this is all I could think about, like these shows that I started listening to. Um, and so I emailed him and I dropped the fact that I was in Tish and he was like, oh, so you're in New York. Like I'm in New York too. Let's meet up together and get coffee. So he was the very first person to sort of show me that really welcoming side of podcasting that I've fallen into. And um, just like unrelated from a show, like that was really important to me to be welcomed so much into this community and like a really great step. And it was the first time where I had listened to something or consumed media that was really important to me. And I felt like, oh, I can do that. And then I talked to the creator and I was like, oh man, like I can really do that. Like... (laughs) I, he, like, when I met with him, he answered every single one of my questions. He was so kind and welcoming, and I was like, wow, I actually can make radio drama if I try. (laughs) Yeah. So what was it like meeting him after, like, after that time of listening to Wolf 359 and loving it so much? Uh, Really great. I mean, I, I work myself up when I'm going to meet someone that I admire, as I, I did when I went to PodCon a couple months ago, um, even though I know, like, theoretically, we're all kind of on the same level now. I had written down all these questions. I wanted to be super prepared, um, and I dressed nicely, even though, I mean, we were just getting coffee, and I was like, I'm going to look really cool. I'm going to look like a creator. Uh, <laughs> and I, I met with him, and at this coffee shop and I think we both got tea and I sat at this little table with him and um, just right away something I noticed him about him was I was like oh this man was meant to be a director I spend a lot of time around directors because I was in film school and I did theater all my life but he has this really like commanding presence that's also very friendly um you want to like ask him questions and talk to him he moves his hands a lot when he talks and like he's like always ready to explain something he talks very quickly and very loudly i think my friend my friend was with me at the time because she was like emma you can't go meet a strange man in new york by yourself and so she was sitting at another table just doing homework and i guess the lady next door was like that man's really loud (laughs) and i think i laughed afterwards because i was like yeah he is but like I think that's just because he was meant to be a director and to be someone who tells stories and uses his voice. So uh, that's something I noticed about him. (laughs) Have you had an opportunity to meet with him since? Like becoming a creator yourself as well? Yes. So I... I hadn't met with him for a couple years after that until I'd, every month I go get drinks with a couple people in New York in podcasting, and he is there most of the time. Um, and the first time I got to see him again, he totally remembered who I was, and he was like, oh yeah, I listened to your show, like I really like it. And I was like, oh, my show? <laughs> <laughs> um, goodness. <laughs> and uh, 
just like super kind and he he's exactly how he is how you kind of if you have seen a live stream or something or listen to or read his tweets on twitter he's exactly how he comes off there he's very knowledgeable about a lot of things like um some people are into harry potter or were into star wars but he just knows about like all these different worlds and likes to talk about theater and music and politics and he knows a lot of different things he's very well-rounded um and it was great to see him again we're like we now whenever i get drinks he's the person i feel very comfortable talking to (laughs) i'm really glad (laughs) that i got to be friends with him at this point in time that's awesome Do you feel like in your own work, you can spot the points that you know you were inspired by him? I don't know so much. I don't know if I can pick out moments in my writing, but when I when I audition people or when I direct, both of which I do for my show, I try to (laughs) sort of channel his energy that I talked about before that very like confident and friendly manner that he has um, because I think that's really good in the booth to make actors very comfortable and willing to ask questions. He told me when I met with him the very first time I was I asked him about the casting process and he said the, all the people that we cast um, have all been people who ask me questions about the characters and that stuck with me. Um, so I like to be really open to uh, my actors asking me questions. I put that in like every email. <laughs> I end it with like as always ask me any questions you want and they they really do so I try to I think moments of his writing sort of rub off on my writing but really where the important part comes in is I think I I try a lot to be a lot like him when I direct. How do you think his work inspires the community? I think more than most people I know he has a really deep love of storytelling and stories like you can just see that when you talk to him about nearly anything he loves to tell stories just about regular life. I like to listen to him talk because when he tells a story, it's like it's like this whole ordeal. There's like comedic timing and he like defines all the characters in the story and puts things out step by step. And that comes across in his work as well. He just has a love of plot and character and how those things come together. And him and Sarah Shackett, I love to hear them talk about storytelling because he has such an understanding of how to make it effective and how to the things I learned in in script writing class Um, but he really breaks it down and he talks about character development and how to map that out and it just comes from a love of stories which is I think where most of us began to create um, when we were really little like making up plays and writing stories and he keeps that that feeling of escaping into stories that everyone has when they're little and puts it into his work that he has now. Not only was Gabrielle a writer for Wolf 359 and created this incredible world for us to escape and play in, but he's one of three partners of Fear of Public Shame's Audio Fiction 101 course, which focuses on the strategies and innovations of storytelling. Why is his work so important to, you know, listeners and creators alike? I mean... So I get into an argument with my roommate all the time about uh, escapism. And she is of the opinion that we should be really careful with escapism because it's it's hard to to make stories that, that are just about being able to escape into a world and enjoy what's going on there. 
And I understand where she's coming from. She wants things to grapple with the world and make us question things. And Gabrielle's work does do that. But some what he does that's really important to me, and I think to a lot of other people, is he creates these fantastical worlds that are fun and and they do have conflict they have conflict and they have consequences to characters actions but they're really there I think because he loves to tell stories and he loves to have people fall in love with stories again and fall in love with the characters that he's created like a moment that was really important to me was I had to take a year off of school for mental health issues and I remember I was at a treatment center at one point and I was really upset I'd just been feeling anxious the whole week and I didn't really know what to do but I had my phone with me and I had my headphones with me and there was one episode of World 359 that just came out and it was a really dark episode uh it was an episode that had a lot of violence and conflict but even so when I put my headphones on and I listened to the story it just it took me it gave me a little breathing room for the day and it made it okay for me to feel something that wasn't my own worries and I think that's something that sometimes we lose in storytelling now is this importance of escapism and that's the reason that I got into film and theater in the first place because yeah we're dealing with big issues and Gabrielle certainly does that but also we're looking for like a little bit of hope and a little bit of happiness amidst what we have going on right now yeah I like that (laughs) thank you for sharing that that's a very personal story I appreciate it yeah if you were to tell Gabrielle what he means to you what would you say guess you reinvigorate my passion for storytelling and you give me moments where I feel safe and okay because of stories and that's something that's really important to me and has given me moments in ha- of happiness in places where I was feeling a lot of darkness. I had to cut out more than a few moments of silence as I edited this, as Emma had me on the verge of tears. Her words rang true with me and echoed through my own heart. After these few moments, I finally took a deep breath of appreciation and asked her if there's anything else she wants to add about Gabrielle or Wolf 359. I just hope that Gabrielle Urbina and the whole cast of Wolf 359 and the creators take a nap at some point. (laughs) (laughs) They do so much work. (laughs) And they need to go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Gabriel Urbina is a Costa Rican-American writer and director. He's probably best known for Wolf 359. Or maybe you've seen the Audio Fiction 101 course on your social media feeds lately. But you will not go wrong exploring his work and experiencing his talent. I recently did a full re-listen of Wolf 359, and there were things that I caught that I didn't the first go-round, and it was exciting paying more attention to the details of the show, especially knowing how everything plays out. You can find more of Gabrielle's work at gabrielleurbina.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-U-R-B-I-N-A.com. Links to his site, Wolf 359, and Fear of Public Shame's Audio Fiction 101 course will be in the show notes.
And now, of course, it's time for the reverse roast. Emma Mantuani. As soon as Emma agreed to be a guest on the show, I was so excited because the van had been hyped to me quite a bit and it had been sitting in my podcatcher, ready to listen. The van captured me so easily with the first episode. I listened to the entirety of the six released episodes in exactly two days as I drove to and from work, which was fitting considering the setting of the show. I wanted to get to know every single character, and Emma gives you just enough opportunity to do so. The writing is beautifully poetic and almost lyrical. Not only is Emma extremely talented, but they are just such a kind-hearted and lovely person to interact with. I'm lucky enough to interact with them on a semi-regular basis online, and I can only say amazing things about them. They are such a talented member of the audio drama fiction community, and we are so lucky to have their work to fall hopelessly in love with. Emma, thank you so much for being you and for sharing your stories with the world. Gabrielle. Thank you for inspiring Emma, for inspiring me, and for sharing your knowledge, love, stories, and gifts with all of us. You and Emma, both of you, you're amazing. Thank you. Cheers and sweetness. Honey Roast is co-produced by Tess Kokio and Julia Schifini, edited by Tess Kokio and Julia Schifini, with sound design by Julia Schifini. Special thanks to our creative consultant, Will Williams. Our visual design and art assets are by Mandy Corcoran, and our theme music is composed by Emily E. Mayo. All music from this episode, apart from the theme music, is by Chad Crouch on the Free Music Archive and listed under Creative Commons License. Link is in the show notes. You can follow us on Twitter at HoneyRoastPod. Transcripts for every episode can be found on our website, HoneyRoastPod.com. For even more Honey Roast love, check out our Patreon. By becoming a patron, you get access to bonus episodes, detailed show notes, exclusive merch, and so much more. For more details, go to Patreon.com slash HoneyRoast. If you can't support us financially, another fantastic way to help the show and spread the love is to recommend us to a friend or family member. We can only grow by sharing and caring.